the Late Night Legends podcast is meant for an adult audience only. It may contain sexually oriented content. Content may not be suitable for sensitive listeners. Please be aware of your surroundings. Listener discretion is advised. Remembered at random serpenting through fatty coils emerging. Some mother thought it's thinking this light shines above the houses on the ground. This illumination visited upon the whole land. Unmarked helicopters hovering. The Lord is coming soon. Here comes the supercopter, here comes the noise it makes The demon was an idea, the demon is awake Well scratch mark left across the surface of your mind This hour now upon us, the hour has now arrived Unmarked helicopter Late Night Legends Internet Podcast and Radio Show, the finest content on the interwebulous stratosphere. My name is Francis Barrientos, United States of America, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Tressa and Jenny. Hello! Uh... <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but I have this thing where I try to say the intro really fast. See. It's really good. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. That yeah. reminds me of the Micro Machines guy. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So I know that, that guy. Kind of he speed, is... And then I'd be really excited about it. He has the world record for the fastest voice. That guy's awesome. Yeah. A um, couple of announcements. We're back. 2023, everybody. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> We're back. We're back. Uh, we got some cool topics. Um, we're uh, short two hosts. We've let go of two hosts, or one let, was let go, one quit. So we're starting off light this year. However, we're going to be hiring, so that's the first announcement. If you'd like to work with our team, reach out. The job application's already live. We're going to be actually putting some more job um, postings out there, more media, so you guys can see what we're all about. If you're interested in working with us, please do. Uh, next announcement, big announcement. Panda, our mythos keeper. Erebus Medius. It's her birthday today, also known as Shayna. Happy birthday. She's 21 today. I oh, thought, I, I, oh, do it, Panda, do it. What? 21? Oh, shit. Oh, boy. We found out that it's Panda's birthday today. We also found out that Kara turns 21 every year. So that's she great. Does. It's weird to watch. Yeah, so we got those announcements. I'm wondering what else that we've got. Uh, yeah, so this month, um, Kara is going to be taking her monthly sabbatical. So she may be on, but most likely not, because she'll be doing school stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be mostly the three of us that are going to be leading the show. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we got a lot of really nice topics lined up for you, too. We've got a lot of really great stuff coming for Super Bowls. Uh, later in the month here for Super Bowls, we've got some really clutch clutch topics that we're going to be covering here i'm going to look nice, at really really quick i know that lord cronus wanted to go over parenting lord cronus is also going to introduce with us a segment called idiot of the month where we go over for that because we're podcasting once a month once a month on super balls so we're just mm -hmm. going to talk about whatever idiot was like the biggest idiot of the past month and then uh, we're are gonna you guys going to turn into a parenting podcast i hope not <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but no, I mean, that's kind of a wholesome turn for us to take, but like, we're gonna be doing that, and then, um, we're also, oh, I'm gonna lower that a little bit. We're also gonna be bringing back this segment we call On Notice, where if you slightly inconvenience us, we're gonna put you on notice. You know, you go to a, you go to a friend's nice. house, they have bad toilet paper, that friend is on notice. Just an example. Uh, also, trust us. Screw you, one ply. Yeah, let me tell you guys. Uh, February 5th, Sunday, 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 we're going to be in Elgin at the, what, Side Street Studio Arts, I believe. Uh, they're doing a podcast fest called Dark Matters Podcast Fest, and we will be there 3 p.m. February 5th. Don't miss it. It's going to be a whole day of super fun paranormal podcasts. Come say hi. We're going to have our own table and mics and all this stuff. And if you come say hi, we'll sign a t-shirt. Uh, Frank will sign your boobs. I'll sign your boobs. Yes. Every, Only Frank, though. Everyone here. Yeah, if, I'm yeah. pretty sure Tressa would be down <laughs> to sign some boobs. I'm just saying. But everyone here except for me will be wearing a t-shirt of themselves in case you don't recognize them. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be doing that. But We're doing that. <laughs> It'll be it'll be a really I fun think time. It'll be the, the the most fun. We're gonna have a great time, you guys. You should be there. Uh, we'll we promise to do something special that I haven't decided what we're gonna do or why I said that. <laughs> things will be done. Things will be done. We don't know what things, but things will happen. Things will be done. Uh -huh. You will not be disappointed. And again, fun time, great time. I know that it's probably gonna be published on their side of things. They they had to sign a waiver where they're going to publish. I don't know if we're going to be able to keep a recording and publish, but if we can, definitely going to try to do that on our own channel. So that's oh, gonna, I'm sure that's going to be awesome. But definitely come out and say hi. Uh, it'll be a great opportunity that if you like our content, you're going to probably like a lot of the other uh, podcasts that are going to be there, and then you can meet some of them and hopefully subscribe to their show and we'll see how it goes. And without further ado, Jenny's going to be up to bat with the uh, with this thing tonight. <laughs> with this thing all right so in uh 1959 very beginning of 1959 january to be specific igor dyatlov led a group of hikers into what is now known as the dyatlov pass and this is the incident of um the death of nine hikers to unexplained causes. Ooh. Yeah, I added that too, just to just well, make I might it have a drop for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a group of ten, um, like college day, college age students um, in Russia, uh, formed a sports club and needed to go on a long hike, a uh, mountain hike. And so they started off on January 23rd, like I said, of uh, 1959. And by February 2nd, nine of those hikers were dead. Yeah. So they hiked into Siberia. Well, they didn't hike into Siberia. Siberia? Siberia? Why am I saying it like that? That's insane. I mean, it's um, incorrect. It's still correct. It's just... Siberia. I just... I'm Siberia. That's how it is now. Yeah. That's all it is. Get on the phone to the minister, prime minister, <laughs> Siberia. Um, so anyway, uh, 10 people started off. Um, nine of them were college students. One was an older gentleman who was added in later by, by the college. 
and they took huge long train ride, um, couple of truck rides into smaller and smaller towns until they kind of hit the the limit of civilization in Siberia. And they, one of the hikers, um, did not go with them for the rest of the for the rest of the trip. So he is the lone survivor. And they hiked on into the mountains. It was a normal sort of weather conditions. It was even slightly warm for that time of year. Um, they camped one night, went a-okay. The next night, everything went terribly. And so they died. And there is a lot of debate on whether, like the cause of death, a lot of debate on what happened and there's not a lot of official reports on it <laughs> so what happened was they made their tents um on the slope of a of a mountain that they were gonna that they were gonna hike the next day something happens in the middle of the night where they cut open the sides of the tent and all escaped into the frigid uh, climate without any of their cold weather gear. So everything was left behind in the tent. They found this later on. Um, they made it about 5,000. The first group of, of hikers was found about 5,000 feet away from the tent. Um, and that was two of them. They were found under a tree with remnants of a campfire. Um, both had unusual injuries. Uh, but their cause of death was linked to hypothermia. So the next group of hikers that they found were in between that group, the original group, and the tents. They had made it back maybe 500 feet. And there were three of them. They discovered two at once and then one later on. And they all also had some unusual injuries but again, cause of death was ruled as hypothermia. So then the last group to be found wasn't found until two months later, um, in the beginning of May, after things had started to sort of thaw out. And they were found about 300 feet past the first group. So they weren't that far at all. And they had kind of made a little bit of a shelter. This group of, this group of people had more uh, chance of survival. They had a little shelter. Um, they had more of uh, clothing, things like that. They, they seemed to be in a little bit of a warmer situation, but they had the most uh, sort of heinous injuries. Um, lots of broken ribs. Um, two of the bodies were missing eyeballs. One of the ones missing eyeballs also was missing a tongue. Um, and they were all sorts of sorts of beat up. So then we get into the mystery of what happened. So one of the one of the campers had a uh, camera on them. And some of the photos that they took 
Um, it's an interesting sort of perspective to look at because they start off and it's just a bunch of kids kind of having fun and they get into like more and more snowy conditions and the photos get a little bit well, terrible looking for me. I don't like the cold. This is not something that I would ever sign up to do to begin with anyway. Um, and then the very last picture on the that they were able to recover was pictures of strange lights in the sky. So there were globes of lights. So there's been all kinds of theories having to do with that, right? So either they go from uh, alien abduction to some kind of government testing, um, be it weaponry or something else. Um, this is sort of Cold War, Cold War era Russia that we are dealing with at this point. Um, so they were supposed to come back um, February 12th. And when they didn't show up, their families and friends started to get a little bit concerned. Eventually, um, the government gets involved and they send out um, investigators, but the investigators don't even come out until like the 21st. And the first, the, the tents discovered right before the bodies, which is on February 26th, they discovered the tent. Day later, they start discovering the bodies. Um, there's a couple of strange things there. There's two forms of sort of police units or, or investigator type people involved in Russia. So there's like the normal police and then there's the KGB. And the KGB is consistently referred to as uh, the men in civilian clothes, which is weird. Very, very strange. So there sounds like the men in black, yeah. right? Yeah. It totally is. And and so they're mentioned a lot of times in some of the interviews um, with some of the, the witnesses or people who had last seen the hikers um, that they were kind of poking around a little bit as well. Um, what else we got? Oh, heightening the mystery. A couple of the hikers discovered in what's called the den, which is the area where the bodies that that were mostly uh, damaged, the last ones to be found, um, had radioactive material on their clothing. Their clothing tested as radioactive. So at that point, regardless of what was going on, the KGB was gonna be involved anyway. But apparently they were already there. So we got a lot of different, a lot of different theories. Um, a lot more uh, information on on injuries and whatnot. It's so weird to me that they even tested for radioactivity. And that was the thing. They can't quite, a lot of these details, they can't quite explain away. So one of the, one of the ideas is that they only test, tested for radioactivity because um, a couple of the hikers had worked around weapons grade uh, uranium, or they had worked in in a place where that stuff was going to be processed. But why you would automatically do that doesn't make any sense. Right. Because none of the causes of death looked like they had anything to do with radiation. Right. 
For for me, one of the biggest red flags when looking into this topic was like, it'd be the same red flag as if there were a crime that happened today, which is the case was barely investigated and then suddenly closed without a lot of details. Like uh, when it happened, just like you said, a lot of it was just ruled out hyperthermia where there's just so much more to it. And there's not a lot of closure for any of the friends or family that actually, you know, are related to the people that had passed away. And there's just so much that doesn't make sense as to why. Like, you know, you mentioned the tent. Mm-hmm. That tent was slashed open from the inside, which as a camper, you'd only actually do an emergency. Like if there was a fire inside the tent or something. Um, As far as where the bodies were found in the and in, in how far away they were, there were there were not footprints that were coming you know going to the different corpses like those were like completely gone so like why were there footprints for some of the bodies but not for others that weren't found because if there were footprints it would have been found a lot earlier um and again I, I don't know if you mentioned this but like these were very advanced hikers these were this was not their first rodeo these weren't like teenagers like going out to have a good time these were people that were uh, of a certain class and i believe that with this hike it would have sort of graduated them to the next class of difficulty, but it was not even going to be that hard because of the weather conditions, like you mentioned. So, the reason right had they like made this trip before, like multiple times, like and visited people on the way, so they all need to expect them. I don't remember if that's true. If I just no. am thinking this was this was because they were Frank's right, like they were trying to get a certain badge or credit from the university. So the outdoor club was started by um, Igor, Igor Dyatlov, which, you know, he was the leader of the group anyway. Um, and so they were trying to gain a badge from the university. So they had to go on this hike that that nobody had recorded before. So none of the hikers had been on this specific hike, but they were all outdoors people. And even the right. guy who joined them, who they didn't particularly know, was a hiking instructor so they were very very familiar with the landscape they were very familiar with the dangers that they'd be coming up against they had all of the equipment um all of their cold weather gear was found inside the tent including right right uh, a stove which hadn't even been put together because it hadn't even been cold enough to necessitate that stove which is just, you know, I would have had the stove up and running immediately, but that's, you know, that's just I mean, me. it, it sounds like whatever happened, happened in sort of an emergency state or whatever was happening that caused the hikers to leave their tent, leave all their stuff. They they, they would not have done so willingly. So, like, something must have happened. And it, clearly from the facts here, there was some type of struggle, right? Because of the way the bodies were kind of beat up. Uh, another thing that I was looking at here is... Um, just referring to my notes, there was a lot of debris from like military equipment around suggesting that the area was undergoing some type of military involvement, which would explain the KGB. But it's like it just smells so bad of a cover up, but a cover up of what is is the question? Is it it could be aliens, right? There were lights in the sky. It could be something like that. Some people say it's like parachute mines. Other people say um, it was like some kind of uh, cryptid. You know, like that was in the woods there could be many, many things. But usually it's funny because like usually the KGB would not get involved just to close the case and, and be like, OK, case closed by, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. And and it was 
closed up very, very quickly. So the last bodies were found May 5th. The case was closed and wrapped up May 28th. And then it just went away. So, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, where someone was like, hey, you know what? Uh, Frozen has solved it. It was just an avalanche. And guess what? I feel like that's some bullshit. Why does someone need to rip out their tent and not go out the front because of an avalanche? That seems like it would be more work and take longer to rip up a tent and go out it. So it doesn't make any sense. There's several different theories, right, of like where where and what happened. Not where. We know where. <laughs> uh, what happened. Um, and the, one of the main ones is this avalanche theory. So that's what they said from the very from the very beginning, um, from the very beginning, it was, and I got to get this quote exactly right because it's amazing. It's a, oh, they all died of compelling outside forces. Right. It's just amazing. So the type of avalanche that they're looking at and what they were talking about with the frozen thing is something called a slab avalanche, and they're extremely rare. And it's when... Um, so, so an avalanche needs a certain angle in order to happen, a certain angle of slope, which is typically over 30 degrees. The slope on the Diablo Pass is not 30 degrees by any stretch. Um, but what can happen is if it goes up the mountain further and this, the slope mm-hmm. increases, there is a type of snow that doesn't really compact. It's like a really loose kind of snow. So they think that that layer was on the bottom and then compacted by a slab and then compacted by another slab of snow, um, some that that crunched together, you know, like good snowball snow. And then when the hikers cut into the slope in order to put their tents, that that eventually triggered with more snowfall and wind a slab avalanche, which means that the top layer of snow only slides down and it slides down is like big pieces hence the slab however the whole theory the whole premise of this is that they got hit by a slab avalanche they busted out without grabbing any of their cold weather gear which is insane especially being that one of the bodies was found with a with a camera around his neck so dude managed to grab his camera but not shoes right yeah so then they they um are supposing that some of the hikers were were grievously injured during the slab avalanche it's a possibility and that the other remaining their buddies like dragged them down made this sort of um shelter for them and then tried to come back to the tent in order to get survival gear but it doesn't make any sense because as you progressively go down the line of the bodies, the more clothing that they're wearing, which means they took it off their friends after their friends had passed. So that theory is kind of blown open. Yes. And you have all of the random injuries too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The first, the first guy who was found, his name is uh, Yuri Doroshenko, Yuri Doroshenko, um, he had a really messed up complexion and he also had a foam 
He had a gray foam on his cheek and coming out of his mouth. Right? What? Yeah, he was found with this guy, Yuri Kranoshenko. Kravanoshenko? Kravanoshenko. And, and Yuri had skin in his mouth from his own hand. He had bitten into his own hands. They were found under this tree that looks like they tried to climb it and and were watching the campsite. Like they cleared out a bunch of brush. Yeah, I remember that detail. And it, like, that one alone, like those two guys alone, I'm like, what? Yeah, a gray foam on your face? That I don't remember. That's wild. The, The fact that it was pretty evident that they had been trying to climb the tree to get away from something yep. what yeah. I know. my biggest thing that i i don't like when discussing this is if you talk to i don't know so the kgb obviously dismissed a lot of this what we're talking about tonight and you know after hikers were found sort of after the fact they were saying like oh these this person's injuries are because animals were like trying to survive and trying to peck at their face and trying to chew out their tongue and all this stuff but it doesn't match up with the avalanche theory where a lot of them had actually skull fractures. Like if there's a fox that's trying to eat your tongue or something like that, you know, they're not going to crack your fucking skull. (laughs) So I agree, but I feel the the whole soft tissue thing, animals are going to go for that immediately. So So I don't, I'm not like weirded out by tongues or eyeballs being missing because that's just animals getting soft tissue. The broken bones is what is concerning there. Right. For, for me, the biggest thing for me that's a red flag, well, outside of the government just closing the case super quick, it's just the radiation. Even for those the, the two hikers that worked with radiation, the levels would not have been at a, at a certain point, you know, it wouldn't be to the certain point that the others were irradiated. And it was very well stated that, like, the whole area was irradiated. It wasn't just, and, and so you got to wonder, what the fuck is going on there, you know? Mm-hmm. What, what is actually going on there that there's so much radiation? And it, it just, to me, it just screams government cover-up. And you got to think to yourself, what were they covering up? What was up there? You know, like, we've, we we know that it's not an avalanche. Like, it's such an easy thing to be like, oh, uh, they're, they're hiking up a mountain. There's an avalanche. It's, you know, hypothermia. But, like, there is something else. And that's just the thing that won't die about this thing or, like, thing that will never... I don't know that we'll ever solve it in our lifetime, but there's a lot of things that happen in Russia that are just clear cover-ups. And this is one of them. For sure. So the mystery then uh, sort of deepens a little bit more um, in 2019 because they reopened the case, right? But the Russian government only reopens the case to consider weather-related theories. That's it. That's bullshit. So that's, 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 like the that's worst. what we've come up with this, with this avalanche explanation. Listen, you guys, we're going to reopen the investigation, but only if you say it's America's fault. Okay. It seems like something our government would do right now. It's like, okay, absolutely. We, we can open it back up, but uh, only if it's weather guys, only if it's, <laughs> only if it's weather. But wait, I have a different theory. Shut no. the fuck up, no, you dude. Don't. No, you don't. It's weather. It's gotta be the weather. So I was totally fascinated and I went on a deep dive with like the injuries that they all had, right? Because there's something extra weird about every single person. Um, So, you know, Yuri number one with the gray foam, Yuri number two with the biting of the hand, 
Um, there, Igor Dyatlov himself had abrasions around his ankles and he had bruised knuckles on his right hand as if he had been in a fight. It sounds like somebody fought something or someone. Uh-huh. Absolutely. It does yeah. sound like there was some kind of altercation there. Yeah. Uh, another another woman who was found with Igor, um, she had a long red bruise on her torso that was that was like indi- indicative of of like an object, like a long hard object. It wasn't like irregular in some way. Um, it was a very uniform shape, and it was very long, too. Um, and then the uh, the guy who was another guy who was discovered with them, Slogobin. Uh, had a fracture of his frontal lobe, so as if he got hit by by a blunt object. I I just don't see these these campers without their clothes having a smackdown. You know, if they had a disagreement, <laughs> which they would never have done because they were really good friends. They were. So what? They what, were what, really good friends. Now, as far so as the not- people around there go, I know that there were like natives that lived up there, but they they mm-hmm. don't go out in the snowstorm like that. No, and that was another one of the theories. So the the natives up there are called the Mansi. And the Mansi started to be blamed because it was like, how could these experienced hikers die, right? So um, the Mansi people themselves helped in the search for the bodies. And by all, all records, were a peaceful people. So the mountains were kind of sacred to them. Um, absolutely dead mountains so but the mountains were sacred to them so that's kind of why they started pointing fingers but they've been nothing but peaceful and kind to everyone it just makes it more interesting because here you've got police and investigators that say that it was this clearly Mm. there was an altercation but we know it was not the mansi and we know that they didn't fight amongst themselves so what was up there that would have caused all of this the beating and the and the the trauma, right, that happened between these hikers, when it wasn't the Mansi and it wasn't that they themselves. What else was up there? Like, it's it's right. so crazy to me. It's insane. So here's where we get a little bit of the reports of the cryptids. Okay, so their Bigfoot, their Yeti. Let's go. Is, is called the Menk. Okay, Menk. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Say that again. The Mink. Menk. Mink, M-E-N-K? like bank, but with an M. No, with an E too. Like, like mink with an E instead of an I. Yeah. Doug, like, got it. By the way, Doug is coming in saying hi. Oh snap! What did I miss? Doug, we're talking about the uh, Dilatov Pass and the hikers there. And right now, <laughs> after we the outlaw, yeah, same thing. Yeah, the yeah. outlaw. Yeah. Uh, after Whatever. we discussed what what happened factually, now we're just getting into theories and. Um, Jenny's talking to us about some uh, the possibility of a cryptid called, yeah. the, called the mink. Called the mink. Because there was one photograph that showed a very hazy, dark figure, uh, humanoid in nature, um, looking like it was coming towards the hikers. But if you go a couple pictures ahead of it, there's pictures of the individual hikers, so that could be accounted to that. And the mink weren't really known, again, to be super violent mm. animals. They just kind of hung out, just like our Bigfoot, you know? Not really not really doing He's anything doing or disturbing his, anybody. Eating his McRibs, doing his own thing. <laughs> Precisely. Oh, 
Poor Bigfoot. <laughs> so delicious. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> But then, yeah, the injuries just keep getting weirder and weirder because then on um, Ludima, who was one of the females in the group, there were two females and seven males. Um, she was the one with the eyeballs and the tongue missing. Um, she had 10 broken bones in her rib cage, 10 broken ribs, um, and a hemorrhage a, a hemorrhage on, on one of her aortas, like in her, in her heart. Obviously, yeah, that would be where it was. Um, and this this is even weirder. So she has blood in her stomach, which means like a lot, which means that the tongue was removed pre-mortem. And she was probably bleeding into her own stomach. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did not know that detail at oh, yeah. all. Oh, yeah. I, I oh, that, I did not totally deep dive with these injuries. Yeah. That's disturbing. Silence. <laughs> I mean, I... Uh, and she was speechless. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I feel like I've heard, maybe read a lot about this, and I either have the worst memory or I am uh, learning for, I'm learning all about it for the first time again. So thank you. So my obsession with this whole thing started in like 2013, 2014, because I watched a little movie called The Devil's Pass. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, which is a great horror movie, but they use a lot of the actual information mm-hmm. um, from like from the records. So that kind of led me on to looking at, you know, every paranormal whatever episode I could find on on this theory and um, around this incident and that led me to looking at people who have who have spent their lifetime compiling these things all together and and there's a woman whose name I cannot pronounce but she and another man have have um, gotten all of the autopsy records have laid out all of the injuries um, it's really really well done so I went I went all in here. So, Less the people that will put so much time and energy into something that has so, like, does not concern them or, like, no. does not affect them in any way. They're just like, no, I just need to solve this. It's making me crazy. Yeah. There's no people. reward. We're not going to win anything for solving it. Absolutely not. But we need to yeah. fucking know. We need to know. So, Jenny. Yeah. What do you personally think may have happened? Personally, I thought I think that they saw something that they absolutely shouldn't have. And the lights in the sky very much play into this. So either they some, saw something alien in nature and the government was trying to cover up, or they saw something that the government was messing around with. And they, again, needed to cover it up, so they just killed them all. What do you think, Frank? Well, I mean, I have two theories. Like, there's what I think happened, which is actually very close to what Jenny said. And then there's what I would have liked to have happened. (laughs) (laughs) What I think happened is they probably came across a government site of some kind that they weren't supposed to be at that probably had maybe some underground catacombs or something where people were actually doing experiments of some kind, whether it be 
like for weapons, which is likely what it was like weapons or spying or anything like that. They probably came across some some staff who were like, hey, get the fuck out. Oh, wait, you're already here, so let's kill you. I think something like that would have happened. And I think there's a potential there for those Russian military officials to use some kind of radiation weapon on the hikers, which kind of explains some of the things. Maybe. I don't know. But what I would have really liked to have had happened is I would really have loved for it to be extraterrestrial. <laughs> I yeah. really would like for there to be fucking aliens that came down to fuck these hikers. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think... Wait, this, wait. What are you saying, Frank? I, I would love for wait, there to be aliens. Are back to this? For real? <laughs> okay, we're getting to my territory. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> so, um... We've got Doug who's asking what rules out the serial killer just coming up from uh, coming up on them from a blood frenzy. I feel like it was a government there. There'd be no evidence at all. Uh, Doug, it's you know, the government kind of came in and said, oh, yeah, they all just died from hypothermia. Case closed. So that's why we think the government's involved. Uh, there, right. were, there was evidence that they didn't even in their in their findings in the report. They didn't even include. And that's why we're still talking about it years later, because we're still finding facts about it. As far as a serial killer goes, I think uh, Tress and Jenny can maybe agree that. To be up there in the mountains, in the snow, in that temperature, it would be very difficult for a serial killer to get up there if he wasn't exactly trained. To, to now. Yep. Funny that you say that. Oh, here we go. One of the theories floating around is that it was an escaped prisoner from the Gulag. Oh. Because there was a Gulag location very, very, uh, not really close by, but, but within reasonable distance. However... Part of the whole reason the Gulag didn't really have like um, uh, so much guards and it was kind of an open open prison was because these guys could not survive outside of those walls. They were not given any kind of gear. Even if they had stood step away, it would have been really, really improbable for somebody to get there. Not only that, but all of the belongings, which means the money, uh, the vodka, uh, the food, all of that stuff was still left at the tent. And if it was going to be an escaped prisoner who just massacred them all, he probably would have taken something. And then again, we don't have any signs of anybody else coming into the camping area. There's no other footprints. There's no nobody that somebody else was there. Yeah. For me, it's just even if somebody's a prisoner from a gulag, I don't know that they'd be filled with bloodlust. You know what I mean? I don't think they're just going to kill to kill. They would just be like, hey, get me out of here. Let me become part of your your hiker, your hiking team and get, like, get me the Or at the off. very least, they're like, okay, I killed a guy. I'm good now. I'll be good for another week or so. Then I'll need to kill again. But I don't need to kill nine people in one. Like, first off, what are the chances you could get away or even just have the strength to kill nine separate people yeah, I in, I don't know, let's give them a week. Even a week, that's like a, a long-ass time to kill nine people with brute force and nothing else. Like, no, I'm going to say a no on the prisoner. Yeah, it's a real far-fetched idea. I mean, it's not like they're eating a lot of protein and doing a lot of, like, exercise, getting their health checkups at the gulag. They're not in the best state when they leave. They usually don't. So... Yeah, the overpowering thing, probably not so much. Yeah, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I think it's just very unlikely, but isn't it 
really interesting that this theory that Doug has presented to us that is a popular theory or, or somewhat talked about, isn't it cool that such a far-fetched theory is a prevailing one? Because that's really all we've got is like these far-fetched theories may have happened because what the fuck else would have happened here? I think that's great in its, in its own way. Doug would also like to say, um, even when the government covers information up, they know that they don't have full picture yet, like the recent Idaho murders. I don't know what the Idaho murders are, Doug. Exactly. I mean, ask me about 1959 and I'm on it, but uh, anything recent, no. Mm. No. No one has compiled information for me yet, so. It's too new. I don't want to think about people that are actually in my timeline. Yeah, no, I really don't, because it's always, it's going to be something horrible. Yeah. Like an actual person, it's and like, that's just not It's fun. actually like exactly. one of the most depressing things when you find out how many people are like getting kidnapped and stuff, and like yeah. in today, and like last week, and like last month. Uh -huh. Nick and I always yeah. wanted to cover, uh, when Nick was on the show, one of the things that he always wanted to cover were these people that were going missing at these national parks, which is a huge thing. Missing 411! Yeah! I always wanted to do that, and like... Doing my own uh, independent research on it for missing persons 411. I even watched like an Amazon doc documentary about it. It's like the scariest shit. It's kind of like this, really. Like, yeah, it somebody, is. Somebody who's yeah. like, super experienced in hiking or wilderness will go out. And like, I'm a Boy Scout. Like, I wouldn't be averse to going out in some of these conditions. And people who are people who should not just fucking go missing, just go missing MIE completely. And it's like the scariest, the scariest thing imaginable. And, and it's funny how. We were even tossing around the idea of going out um, as a late night legends group before we were even late night legends, but we were thinking about like just going out to hang out in a national park once and thinking about like just taking a convoy because obviously it'd be like four or five cars, right? So like this was back when we had like Allie on the show way before you guys' time, but Nick was saying that convoys that will drive into a national park sometimes like the front car will just go missing off the road or the rear car. And I wanted no, to thank you. I wanted to say that was bullshit until I actually looked into it. He's completely true. Sometimes that happens, and then other times you'll make it to a campsite, and if you go for a hike, sometimes a member of the party, usually the person in the front or the person in the back, like they'll just completely go missing. You'd think, oh, let's buddy up and we'll be two people. Nope, completely missing. It's Oh yeah. It's fucking. When these people land. disappear, especially like the kids, it'll be like the parents will turn around for like a second. Turn back, kids will be gone. Or even the hunters or anybody. This could be like a full-on several episode art of this missing 411. Yeah, absolutely, because you have so many different factions of people that have like children, hunters, hikers, experienced, not experienced. So many different people of so many different backgrounds have been missing. And some of them have shown up again and been like, uh, I where am i i just showed up here i've been gone for like a minute and they're like no you've been gone for about three years it's yeah. wild Doug, yeah Doug. So like some kids skull cap ended up like three miles away from like what or like shoes show up later on or the kid that was found at the top of like a cliff and there's no possible way he could have gotten there by himself Doug yeah, has, uh, given us some insight on the ohio murders he says uh some guy went to idaho I i'm sorry not ohio not Ohio, Idaho. Some guy went to Idaho a couple months ago and brutally killed three college students in one apartment, but didn't harm two of them. The cops basically said they had no information, but recently caught the guy and said they've actually been tailing him for two months with compelling evidence. Well, see that Compiling evidence, compiling. Franklin. I don't know how to read. read it. I don't know how to read, but Doug, <laughs> that makes sense because I know that like 
you know, police and investigators won't really give information on an ongoing investigation. Right. One of the things that's really scary, I don't know if you guys know about this as far as missing people go, there has been a really big uptick in the Chicago area of people going missing yeah. in the city and they all end up fucking in the lake or in the river. And I was following a case that happened around New Year's, actually, where there was a doctoral student. I don't remember his name, but it was all over Facebook because his family really tried to find him. He was at a party, I think, uh, either after Christmas or after New Year's, he was at a party. He was walking home, stopped by at, like, a liquor store or something, and, like, they got him on CCTV. He looked, He's not, like, super, he's not, like, blackout drunk or anything. He walks out of there and is telling, like, he's on a phone call, I think with his best friend or something saying that he's going home and then he doesn't make it home. I think it was with his roommate actually doesn't make it home. And then the last ping that his phone has is at one of the harbors in the Chicago area. So like everybody's looking for him. Everybody's looking in the Harbor. They can't find him in the Harbor. I can't find him anywhere. And then like, like you should have seen like the community coming out to try to find this guy. Like there are two groups of people that are missing and being murdered right now in Chicago and it's black women and gay men. And I didn't know about this last one that you're talking about, but I knew about the gay men disappearing like in November. As, it's everywhere. As far it's as like I knew smiley face killer um thing is is runs runs very similar to what's going on in Chicago with like the young men who are we're disappearing. You know, which... it's interesting that you say that, Tressa. I, I don't know that this guy was gay. In fact, I think he was engaged, and then his fiance's family were helping the search. But I did also read that there was a woman who was was actually like um, somebody who was very political and, and very outspoken about um, equality. And she was like uh, somebody who was part of the LGBT community and uh, very outspoken. And she just went, fucking went missing one day. They found her fucking washed up on Lake Michigan, too. And that was like two years ago. I was really surprised. The thing about it is I happen to, for whatever reason, that really fucks with me. I, for some reason, find these articles where I read about these things when the people initially go missing. So I, I find myself seeing these Facebook posts from these groups saying like, oh, we're, we're looking for so and so. And here's where they were last seen. And here's, you know, whatever. And I always tell myself, man, I hope they don't fucking end up, you know, washing up on the shores of Lake Michigan. But they always do. And it's to the point where now, I mean, it's quite clear that we have a serial killer or like a group of serial killers in Chicago that are. It really sounds like we have two serial killers right now. Yeah, it's going and all the men that have been, uh, all the gay men have been found, their bodies have been found in a body of water, regardless, like usually the river or a harbor, but a body of water in Chicago. And because he's, I'm not going to say anything about anyone, but. It sounds similar. I'm just saying. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it does go back to like that whole, you know, and maybe there's some overlap or something in that, but, but it is, it's, it's the exact pattern of like the smiley face pillars from, you know, and, and the idea is kind of like that it's either copycats or, or that it's like a, um, more of a, like a cult sort of situation. We've always had problems with the lake. You know, back in 2010 when I used to do this show uh, and we were originally like the original, original Super Bowls, they were going after this guy who was um, attacking joggers on the lakefront. You know, like Lakeshore Drive, there's like a nice running path the whole way that goes from like North Avenue Beach all the way up to Rogers Park. There was a guy that was jogging and pretending to be a jogger with the sole intention of like approaching other joggers, like jogging the opposite way and just punching those people as hard as they could. 
I remember that. Yeah, they never caught that fucking guy. And in fact, that guy got so viral that it became a game with the kids where they'd go on Snapchat and play the punching game where they would just find an innocent person, like just, you know, wherever. Like, I remember there were there. I was reading like there was a video of an older man, like just waiting on the corner for a bus and like a bunch of kids just went up and just punched him as hard as they could in the back of the head. And like, obviously he passed out and. Who knows if he's okay, but like, it's so bad. What really makes me so pissed off about this city and about this state is we have so much money going into traffic lights, like these, uh, you know, speed cameras, stoplight cameras. You know, we've got a problem with police brutality where, where people are getting pulled over and there's like a lot of brutal police and we're not actually looking at the fucking problem areas. Where are the police that are supposed to be patrolling the lakefront? This is where murders are happening. This is the true crime that we need to be assessing here not getting pulled over because you ran a red light and then that person oh my god i just everyone likes to pretend like it's the bad parts of town where you get mugged but it's the good because people are like that person has money we're going to take your money yeah. you guys you know my workplace right now i'm not going to say exactly where i work but it's part of a neighborhood that's going through gentrification and it's weird how within like a two block radius or three block radius you'll have such a really bad neighborhood and then just really upper class you know homes and condos and and you know penthouses and stuff so like i know within that area like right where those borders meet there are so many shootings and stuff and somehow don't ask me how somehow the rent and the mortgage for these places are just like through the roof i don't even know how that makes sense you know what i mean you would think that the crime would bring down land value but like in this country, landlords are just so goddamn greedy. Like, they don't care what's going on. Nah. It's the fucking worst. Uh. I, I grew... I moved to Chicago in the early 90s, and I m spent most of my time in Wicker Park when it was a cesspool and disgusting and so scary. And now it is a fucking suburb. It is insane how whitewashed and gentrified it is right now compared to what it was in the 90s. Uh, let me get off my uh, Gen X soapbox right now. What the fuck am I talking about? Come on. Anyway, I don't know, but uh, you know, can we credit this to the KGB or trust? No. I don't think you told us what you think happened at the the past. I didn't. Um, I I'm in pretty much in agreement with both of you guys. Uh, I would love to think it was aliens, but regardless, it's definitely government. Yes. They maybe were testing something nearby, and someone was like, "Hey, someone's over there. Maybe we should see why they're so close to where we're testing." what the fuck you guys do and you're dead yeah that's what i think Re happened. regardless it's the government it's definitely the government to some capacity but what what really is scary about it is just kind of like the point that doug brought up which is clearly there's government involvement here people died people were murdered and you know if the government was involved it's probably that the government killed these people right and that's the scary For sure and that's the scary part is the government has carte blanche to fucking kill whoever they want and then just cover it up it's really bad and it's not, yeah. I don't feel like it's something isolated to this particular incident. It's just that they came in, they were like, oh, well, hypothermia. That's it. It's the only yeah. thing. And I'd love to be able to say, like, oh, well, it's, it's the area, you know, it's Russia. Like, it's KGB. But it's not like we don't have a massive track record of that kind of thing as well, we you probably, know? Absolutely. We probably have the worst. Like, no, that's not, doesn't quite matter, like, where it is, but. It's yeah. for the greater good, Jenny. <laughs> well anyway 
What I really want to believe, though, is that aliens were around. The Russians knew about the aliens. They didn't want anybody else to know that these guys were hanging out uh, for whatever reason. Maybe they thought they could get some of the technology or didn't want to cause mass panic. So they just killed witnesses. That's what I really, really want. Yeah, me too. My little part of hearts. Me three. Doug, yeah. uh, Doug says that we should do an episode on the Illuminati. That's like a whole friggin' podcast right there. We could, we could make a career out of that, Doug. <laughs> I mean, I'll get started. I've got emails, so we could we could hit that after the missing four one one. Do you guys remember when you found out about like the concept of Illuminati? I can tell you exactly where I was when I found out about. Oh, I want to hear that story. <laughs> like this. Do you remember when JFK was shot? Oh yeah, totally. Well, I remember when the <laughs> I I got my first job. <laughs> I got my first job at 16 and I was working at Best Buy and they fired my manager who was like the out of the whole store. He was like everyone's favorite manager. He was really cool with the kids. I didn't personally click with him like I like I, again, I was 16 and I was not a drinker, but I remember buying a blender there and he just kept making jokes about how I'm going to go home and make my ties with it. I'm like, nah, man, it's it's just hilarious it's just for my mom. And like he kept pushing on. It. So like I never clicked with the guy, but he ended up getting fired. And I remember being in um, programming class, like third period high school. I was 16, so I was junior year of high school. And I remember coming across this Illuminati con like conspiracy theory. And it was like on one of those old websites that's like Angel Fire, right? <laughs> and I'm just reading about it. My mind is getting blown. And I'm like, man, I don't have the internet at home, but I would really like to continue to read about this. So I ended up printing out this printing out the website it, like it had a pdf i'm like all right i'm gonna print it out what i didn't realize it was 500 fucking pages of text mm -hmm. and i was i was so scared that i was gonna get in trouble because like obviously we're, it's a programming class nobody has to print anything so like i was printing it out luckily nobody noticed that it was printing out on the printer so then before i left the class i picked up this huge like thick packet of shit and threw it in my backpack right and i took it all i started reading about it my mind was blown because like the Illuminati has so many ties to like devils and demons and corporations and shit. And it's just, it's a lot for like a 16 year old who's never read about it before to take in. So I remember going to work and I ended up bringing the binder that had this information and I was like carrying it around with me. Right. And the manager who replaced the one that got fired is like, Oh, what you got there, Frank? And I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> this crazy thing called the Illuminati. He's like, no way. You know about that? I'm like, yeah, apparently like they're in the rule in the world. <laughs> this fucking guy was like, let me see. And so like I gave him my binder. Weirdest cat you'd ever meet, this manager guy. And he like read like three pages into it. He's like, Frank, let me buy this from you. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> He's like, I got I got 50 bucks. Or you can stay an extra two hours and make the 50 bucks. I'm like, nah, give me the 50 bucks. So I, I sold him the binder for 50 bucks. And then, and then print it again the next day at school. No, so, yes. So, yes. So I went to school. I think it was that was a Friday, but I went to school on Monday with the intention of printing it. Right. And somebody was already using the printer to print something. And the printer was being used for the majority of the class. In fact, I ran out of time. I sat next to this guy whose name I'm going to bleep out later, but his name was John. OK, he sat next to me. Fucking goon. And <laughs> when that guy was done printing, they actually took him to the dean's office like they came to his desk and they're like were you printing and he's like yeah and they're like all right come with us so, oh shit so, so get this they took him and they took what he was printing and they went to the dean's office so he got expelled the next day why 
Why? Because what he was printing during class on Monday was he was printing a bunch of flyers for 420 Fest. And they assumed that the job that was printing the day prior that took up the whole period was also 500 flyers for 420 Fest, but they were mine. Oh my god. So I'm not saying- You got that guy expelled? No, Is that what you no, said? Listen, expelled? I don't think this guy got expelled because of me. I would have clearly stood up and been like, yeah, that was my print job the day before and it was kind of an accident. But like, he, he got expelled for printing these 420 flyers and I- Honestly, it's really stupid on his part, right? Because at least if it's something Illuminati related, you could be like, oh, it's for a class. I'm, you know, going to do this for political science. But like for him, like he's just a fucking idiot. And I remember one of my ex-girlfriends who had like such a sp soft spot for this fucking guy. And I was just so mad at her for doing that. I'm like, dude, the guy's like a fucking burnout, like going nowhere. I'm going to look up where that guy's at now, but. Um, I really wanted that story to go in a whole different direction. Oh no, um, I, I just thought it was interesting. That, and like, he was printing up the exact same manuscript, and then the next day I went and the website was gone. No, I, oh, Jenny, same. That's where I was too. I, was I know. Also, I really, I, re I really enjoyed that you used an entire ream of paper. Oh, school <laughs> paper too. Oh my manuscript. god. You know what? Some of the other kids in my class would have printers at home but wouldn't want to buy the paper because that's where like everybody gets killed on costs so like in the computer we only had one computer room in the whole school or like there was more than one but i think this is like the main lab um and like people would go in the next room which was like the shop classroom and that's where they kept the paper and like i remember kids like putting two and three reams of like you know ten thousand sheets in their backpack and like taking it home like theft theft from the high school and people wouldn't give a fuck like it was, it was just like whatever and that was Right before the internet took over all the schools, because teachers aren't paying for that paper, they don't give a fuck. No, they yeah. don't. I remember my my school year or my graduating class, which is the class of two thousand four, was the last class where the the class of keyboarding was optional. The next uh, the next year, it was it was mandatory for everybody to take keyboarding so you can learn how to type. But I had the option. Let the record show that I had the option to not learn how to type on the keyboard, and I could have just taken cursive writing. <laughs> I learned how to type on a typewriter at school in the class. You had one of those brother typewriters same, same, with the big thing same. you'd have to move back and forth. <laughs> yep. Little piece of white thing that you had to erase stuff with. Yep. And then uh, when you went to go print something, when you eventually got like the three computers that the school had, <laughs> the paper fed with those little like. Oh, you had to yeah, the, the holes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. That Matrix, is that what that was? I believe yeah, so. I and you spend your time playing uh, Where in the World is Carmen San, San Diego. We, uh, I remember I got sent to the Dean for keyboarding class too. There was a day, my my teacher's name was Miss Coton Beetle, okay, for keyboarding class. I'm sorry, what? Or Coton Beetle okay. was her name. And I remember we had like maybe midway through the class or midway through the semester or whatever. She's like, all right, everybody. We're going to have a typing competition, and whoever wins is going to win 70 cents worth of cafeteria credit. I'm like, and I honestly, I swear to God, I did not mean to be a dickhead. I said, and I thought I was saying it under my breath, but it was, it came out louder than intended. I was like, man, I could find that on the fucking ground outside of the classroom. <laughs> Holy shit, did she get pissed off and send me directly to the dean. And I told the dean what happened, and the dean laughed. He's like, "Yeah, but you're still you're still in trouble." And he called my dad at work, which it didn't go well for me. I just say that. Doug says, "I remember having the." No, that's not Doug. Oh, that's that is Doug. 
Revnelli is Doug. I've got news for you. Oh, sorry, Doug. If you look in the Discord, it's actually Doug. But it. All right, all That's right. his handle. I'm not gonna fight this. Okay. Doug says, "I remember having the sheets that you had to put put over your hands so you couldn't see the keys. The roll paper printers were awesome for printing like birthday banners." <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh! Let me tell you, at my wedding on April Fool's Day, 2000, the um terrible, terrible uh organi organizers of the venue put up a huge banner at the entrance in dot matrix banner. Oh like this was some computer elementary school oh. bullshit. And it said, congratulations, congratulations, Jill and Tressa. My name is Tressa and my husband's name is Andy. There was no Jill involved with this. Well, that's nice. Jill got a little shout out though. Yeah, she was my maid of honor. So oh, that's <laughs> apparently that was it then just you guys, you guys pulled it off. Nicely done. That's how it should have gone. So it's fine. <laughs> Doug, I do definitely remember those keyboard covers that were like a cardboard that you had to like go over and then it would like under the keyboard. I don't remember that. I don't think I had that. I definitely had that. They were really strict for me, but I, I, I feel like out of, the entirety of high school, that's probably one of the classes where I took back the most. Like I had, that's a skill that I did use for the rest of my life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. The only other skill from high school that I remember is consumer education. And it was uh, writing letters when, when like you had like a complaint to a company, like how to politely word a letter. And I still do it to this day like if something is terrible like with my order or whatever it's a very polite little email off to whatever company and they will send me a little coupon <laughs> that's amazing i've never heard of that and how are every generation after before ours don't know this skill what i mean it's very it is a skill because it's got to be a very nice and polite like compliment sandwich letter and then they just shoot you your free meal Hey, I, uh, people of America, you don't get free things for being an asshole. Be nice. Be nice, everyone. There were some classes that, yeah, that did teach some good stuff. Like, I remember I took a class, I think they filed it under economics, but it was like, how do you write a check? How do you fill mm -hmm. a job application? Yeah. Like, th those classes are really great. And then I remember I had one in junior high, which was home economics. We learned how to make an omelet and how to sew, like, a little baggie. Mm -hmm. Th that was fun, and that was actually educational. Look at Doug. Now he's coming with a different, a different avenue. Now before he was texting us, I'm saying now he's on Facebook. I had drafting class in high school and I use CAD daily, so that's the beginning of my career, really. Wow, that's amazing that you had that in high school. Holy crap! Yeah, that was impressive. Hold on, I mean, Doug. I had Doug, I gotta play this wild drop for you. Wow. you Doug, I also had CAD in high school and I fucking hated it. I really. <laughs> I wasn't bad at it. I was pretty good, actually, but I just, I was not a fan. So, guys, coming up on this, uh, coming up on this hour, do you guys want to start closing it up? Yeah, let's close this bitch up. Final thoughts. Okay. Jenny, go. Um, I, I will not ever, uh, be able to have a reasonable idea of what happens, um, up there. In the Dyatlov Pass, I'm also never going to go cold weather hiking. I know both of these things, and I look forward to our missing 411 episodes. Noted. Hell yeah. Definitely. There's a lot of final thoughts. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Tressa, fire away. 
Uh, don't trust the government, no matter where you live. Uh, <laughs> we're fucking back. Late Night Legends is back. Coming at you in 2023 with some really great content. Stay tuned. We're going to hire some great people. And uh, yeah, we'll see where we go. It's going to be a fun ride. Thank you so much to Doug for joining us. Happy birthday again to Shayna, our Mythos Keeper, also known as Air- uh, Panda and Erebus Medius. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you all next week. Take care of yourselves. Bye. Bye.